used to think, how can I appear smarter than I am? Now I think, how can I contribute to this conversation? It was a Wednesday afternoon, which meant it was time for staff meeting. I was a youth pastor at a growing church. Our staff was about 10 people at the time, and we had been seeing a lot of growth for a couple of years. In fact, the church had doubled in size since I'd been there for the last 18 months or so. Honestly, not because of me being there, but I was just along for the ride. The church was literally next to a cornfield, and what used to be the old parsonage was now the church offices. The setting was country, to say the least, and the rest of the staff fit that bill. The staff was mostly homegrown, and the pastor had come from a nearby church. The children's pastor had been part of the church for decades. The group's pastor was part-time, still working in the community. Our worship leaders and me came from out of town. However, I came in with the most traditional ministry resume. It was my first job after graduating from college with a degree in ministry. I had interned at several prominent large churches over my college experience, and the church was thrilled to have me there. What I learned very quickly was that the world of academia that I had just arrived from was drastically different from this church, and frankly, most churches. One of my first staff meetings I attended, I was well aware of my pedigree and felt a lot of pressure to really add value to the team. I honestly didn't feel any kind of arrogance or pride, but I felt a lot of pressure. Like, I really have to say something because they're counting on me with my background and where I've come from to really contribute and really help out. What I didn't realize, though, is that the team was really happy just to have me there. They wanted me to learn what was happening and over time be able to contribute well to it. From their perspective, I was in a learning phase. As that week's staff meeting began, I listened to someone start sharing about something they were going through in one of their departments. It sounded like a really difficult scenario, and they had tried a lot of different pathways to figure out how to resolve it. They wrapped up, and I jumped right in. I said something like, sounds like you should, blah, blah, blah. And I began to spew out stupid, unsolicited advice that didn't really even apply. I honestly don't even remember what I said. I might have blacked out, to be honest with you. I wish I had. That would have been less embarrassing, as it turns out. When I wrapped up my diatribe, the room was silent for a minute. No one even acknowledged what I said. The pastor took a beat, totally ignored me, which was the right move, looked at the staff member and said, I really appreciate you sharing that. Why don't we stop right now and pray about it? I immediately knew that I stepped in it big time. The rest of the staff meeting was fine, but as soon as it was over, I went to each staff member individually and apologized for what I'd done. The staff member I was addressing was very gracious and forgave me instantly, but I could tell it took a little bit of time to gain back her trust. As I went to my senior pastor's office, I wasn't sure what would happen. I apologized and let him know that I knew I was out of line. I had apologized to everyone else, and I owed him one too. He was also very gracious, and we talked through from a leadership perspective why that was wrong and what I should have done, which, by the way, there were only two options. A, I should have done and said nothing, and B, I should have prayed like he did. Fortunately, this moment became a strengthening moment in our relationship and over time proved valuable for both of us. He saw my humility, and I applied that lesson. So why did I feel the need to speak out? Why did I say something that was so dumb? A big part of my struggle early in life came through my desire to look good to other people. When I'd get into meetings, talk to someone one-on-one, or speak in front of a group, I really wanted people to like me. I was a people pleaser. 
Yes, that's right. A people pleaser. It's easy for me to say what you want to hear. It's easy for me to even disagree with you, but in a way that makes you think I'm agreeing with you. Why do we do this? And really, why do I do this? I don't know why you do, but the reason I did was because I was so insecure in who I was as a person that in order to be or feel validated, I looked for that in other people. It's a terrible thing to put your perceived value into the hands of others, and yet that's exactly what I did. So when I went to a meeting and I didn't say anything at all, or I felt like I didn't contribute at all, I'd beat myself up and say, man, that was a waste. You didn't contribute anything. They're not going to want you on the team anymore. And on and on and on with the negative self-talk go. As I began to identify more and more as a child of God and as a follower of Jesus, I began to realize that I was indeed missing the mark. I was looking for others to validate me. I was looking to make my mark and I was looking to prove my value. When you recognize that God knit you together in your mother's womb, sent Jesus to die for your sins, is pursuing you with a reckless love, and wants to define your life by his presence, and sees you and says, this is my son, and him I am well pleased, it's only then that you realize that you're already validated by the one who matters and can walk freely in that understanding. So what does this mean? Do I now not care at all about how people perceive me? Do I sit silently in meetings bored because I don't need to contribute? Do I just give up on life? None of these things at all. There's been a shift in my heart, and instead of thinking, I hope people perceive me well, I think, how can I help us solve this problem? Now, this is subtle, but it's huge. When we shift our thinking entirely away from us onto the issue that we're talking about, there's a lot of freedom in that. The subtlety of this reality, though, is that sometimes you might end up saying the exact same thing you would have either way, but your heart posture is different and it will land differently. I can still catch myself in my old thinking a lot. Recently, I was in a regularly scheduled meeting with my team. It was an hour-long meeting, and we were solving some problems that were pretty substantial. About 10 minutes in, one of the most prominent board members in our company knocked on the door and said, hey, can I join you guys? Sorry, I'm late. And he walked in and sat down next to me. I was taken aback for a minute, and my old thinking started up. All right, Matt, time to knock the socks off this guy. You got to say something genius to make a name for yourself. Now, this guy, I didn't know at all. I'd never met him before or shake his hand. Obviously, I knew who he was, but I was pretty sure he didn't know who I was. So it was time to shine, baby. Now, the good news is I heard this for about 10 seconds, and then I heard God's voice jump in. Matt, you are mine. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew you'd be in this meeting today and have already prepared you for it. Whether or not you say a word doesn't matter to me, just remember whose you are. I immediately felt at peace. I was able to focus on the conversation and the thinking around it without feeling any pressure to perform or make my presence felt. I asked a few questions, and I feel like I helped move the needle, which is great, but that was secondary to what I was feeling on the inside. I felt peace. I felt comfort. I felt like I belonged, not because anybody at the table said that, but because that's what God was saying inside of me. The meeting ended, and I was walking out, and my path crossed with this board member, who before this meeting, like I said, I'd never met. He's one of those, you know him, but he probably doesn't know you kind of guys, like I already said. As our paths crossed, he said, Matt, it's great to finally meet you. In my head, I'm like, what? You know my name? Fortunately, I have a pretty good filter, so I said, hey, man, it's great to meet you too. We made small talk for a little bit, and he was incredibly gracious and kind. While it's great to be recognized by people, it's better to be rooted in Christ. 
What I find is when I'm focusing on staying rooted, the contributions I used to long to make come naturally in his timing, and more importantly, through his wisdom. I'd rather say one thing that comes from him than 20 things that come from my brain. But it takes time, and even more so, it takes trust. It takes trust that when we are rooted in our identity in Christ, that he will call us to produce the fruit that he says he will. And he will naturally produce it over time. I heard a pastor say recently that he never walks by an apple tree and sees the apple praying, Oh, I'm going to produce fruit today. Oh, God, help me produce fruit. Let me be productive, Jesus. An apple tree just is. And because it's rooted in the right soil, it's drinking the right nutrients, the apples come when the timing is right. The same is true for us. When we stay rooted in our identity in Christ, we stay connected to him, the source of life. And we pray and we seek him just for his presence. The fruit will naturally come. It always does. Lord, it's hard for us to rely on you sometimes. It's hard to believe that the contributions that we make in a meeting or to our family or to our lives really matter at the level we want them to. We want to do greater things. We want Jesus to make your name great. And sometimes that clouds the way that we do things. And I pray, Lord, right now that the pressure and the voices in our heads that are calling us to to make ourselves great would be buried behind the voice of you that's calling us to make your name great. I pray, God, that the pursuit of our lives would be our identity in Christ, and out of that would flow all of the positive things that we want to do anyway. So, God, thank you for your faithfulness to us and for this conversation. We ask all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again so much for joining the podcast. I just pray God's blessing on your life. We'll see you on the next one.